We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's dive into sort of a, we can call it just setting the board, hot board, whatever the case may be. So what we're going to do, Ryan, is we're going to kind of go through just who's left on the board. And it's a, I just wrote it all out. It's not very long. It's not a long list of guys that we know right now. And so we're going to, we're going to dive into that and just kind of say, okay, where do we think Notre Dame is trending with these recruitments? And then when we're done with that, we will have a mailbag. So a lot of you already put in mailbag questions. If you want more, if you want to have a, a question answered or excuse me, asked, uh, and then have us answer, go ahead and throw that in the mailbag now. So let's just, um, let's dive into this, Ryan. And let's first begin. I think it's important to discuss where they are with the commits. Cause I think that's an important thing is Notre Dame can't afford to lose any of the guys that are in the class and, and getting them all on campus this summer. Some of them were officials. Uh, uh, some of them were unofficials, but getting kids on campus was big this weekend. Getting them around together was really yeah. important. And one thing I've heard from a couple sources is, a lot of people think that, oh, you're getting these these commits on campus so that they can help the uncommitted players. That's obviously part of it, obviously. But Notre Dame also looked at this a little bit differently, and I think this is something where maybe they learned their lesson from last year. When these kids are taking their official visits, don't take them for granted as if they're in the right. class and just go out there and say, hey, you're going to help us get these other kids. Notre Dame did a lot on the officials with the committed players Yes. to make sure that they felt the love, that they got the attention, because, hey, they you are the ones in the class. And I think that was really smart. So as of right now, 19 kids uh, in the class publicly. I feel good about where Notre Dame stands right now. Who knows what's going to happen by signing day? That's just the caveat you always got to throw in. It's kind of like, well, if no one gets injured, they should be good here, right? It's, but right now, of the 19 kids in the class, I feel great about where Notre Dame is. There's no one we're hearing about about wavering or anything like that. And so like where that one is now it's about closing. I could see them getting up to 25, 26. I could see them kind of going smaller than that if they don't get the right players and then saying, we're going to focus on 25 because here's one thing that the nerding I'm confident. And I would say, I'm certain that the nerding coaches know this, Ryan, that the 25 class is absolutely loaded. Notre Dame also has a very young roster 
And there was a time where Notre Dame was really focusing on 25, 26, and really loading up in this class. I think they've decided we'll only load up if we get this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy type of situation, right? So there's still a chance they go big, but they're not going to force themselves up to 25, 26 because they want to have as much left over for next year. So if they don't land dudes in this class for the most part, uh, they're going to focus on the the big time players in, in the 25 class because it's a loaded class and they've had a ton of 25 kids on board. You and I, Brian, so we have Brian Smith on with you on some of these shows here moving forward too to have you guys talk about some of these 25 kids. We're going to be breaking down the 25 board a lot this summer after this because it's like okay, 24, like we know who they are, right? So Ryan, let's 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 go kind of player by player, and and I'm going to kind of set you up and just give the, the where things stand as of today. Sure. So where, who are the contenders? How do you feel Notre Dame? Where Notre Dame is? Are they moving in the right direction? Are they not moving in the right direction? And then we're going to make some uh, have some little bit of fun and maybe make some um, some. I don't know. You want to do some predictions, Ryan? You want to have some fun with some predictions or maybe we confidence our, we level? Our crystal ball. Our crystal maybe ball confidence level might be a better one to do here. Yes. So let's just give a confidence yeah. level, like, you know, how you think, where you think it's trending with each of these kids. So let's start let's off on offense, Ryan. Yep. And I wrote an article this weekend on, on, on Carter Nelson and how important he is, but I, I'm going to say you need to get Carter Nelson, but the guy that I feel you need to kick this conversation off with is in fact, Gearby Lambert. Because yeah. that that is a big need. You still need that big-time offensive lineman. You still need that pure tackle in this class. Gearby Lambert obviously is that guy. It, it, they're, they're essentially in a position now, Ryan, where it's boom or bust. Your class is going to be defined by can you close on Gearby Lambert. So what's the, I know he just visited Ohio State this last weekend, Ryan. Yep. Where do you think things stand, and where do we believe things stand right now for Notre Dame as, as he comes out of? I think he's got Penn State coming up this weekend, just wrapped up Ohio State. Where, where do you th- see things standing, Ryan? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Such a fascinating 2024 offensive tackle class nationally, Brian, because I feel like I keep watching kids wanting for them to impress me just in case Notre Dame has to pivot. But I just 
can't find a lot of guys that I really like that much, man. Gerby is the guy on the board for Notre Dame since the beginning, since Harry Heastan was still the coach at Notre Dame, that you felt has about as much upside as any offensive tackle in the class. And Notre Dame's been in a good position, it seems like, for a long time. They were, especially with Harry Heastan. Joe Rudolph, it seemed like it was a little disconnected there, maybe just kind of developing a relationship. But I feel like it's going back in a very good direction now. Obviously had a great visit at Notre Dame, you know, a couple weekends ago. And I really think that for me, this is one where I feel good about where Notre Dame is here today. And I think that Gerby is a young man that, like most offensive linemen, don't really care about the recruiting process too much. Like, I just don't think he cares that much. Like, it's or his brand or yes. being quoted in public or, yeah, he wants to play ball and go to it's school very, and play ball. They're very different football players as far as style perspective, but it's very Charles Jagasaw-ish as far as, like, how I think they feel about this recruiting process. Like, he just wants his information – he wants to get, you know, settled and he wants to make a decision. So people always ask about timelines. It's just like, I think Gerby can make a decision anytime. Like r- literally, like it could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be a month from now. There's an unknown there because I just don't think he really likes the recruiting process. He doesn't like to talk to people about his recruiting process for the most part. He doesn't like going on visits for the most part. He's just getting the data right now. So I think right now, as we stand today, Notre Dame is the favorite for Gerby Lambert. I think that ultimately – you feel good about where they are and their ability to land, obviously, a very talented offensive tackle at a Catholic memorial in the state of Massachusetts. I like where Notre Dame is. I think they're the leader. Again, you have to outlast a couple of really good programs, obviously, Ohio State this past weekend, Penn State, to your points. But I think Notre Dame has a chance to close on this one pretty quickly. Everything I've heard, Ryan, coming out of the Ohio State visit is that Notre Dame still feels very good about their position for this one. So now, and Penn State to me, uh, Penn State to me, Ryan is. I, don't, I just don't know if that. I don't. I'm not as, as all that concerned about Penn State. I mean, they're yeah. kind of full at this point in time. I mean, they've already got, I believe, five. Well, they had one kid, I believe, decommit recently. Yes, it did. Uh, so I think they're maybe at four now. And apparently, Caleb Brewer might be playing defensive line for them. Yeah. Well, it's either weird, either but... from what I understand, it's either going to be him or if they get Liam Andrews, then he's going to play the defensive line. He's going to be a defensive lineman. So. We'll see how this all plays out. But I, I like where Notre Dame is at right now with this one, Ryan. Confidence level in this one, 1 to 10. So obviously 1 being the least confident, 10 being um, it's all it's it's a done deal, essentially. I, I am a very steady like 8, 8.5. Like okay. I don't want to quite throw it at 9 just because, again, like this is one of those kids where I feel like it, it can just kind of happen at any time and things can get delayed even potentially. But like – Eight, eight and a half. I feel like Notre Dame's in a very good spot right now. Ryan, we, we, we're going to talk a little bit about this more when Kingston, but I, I want to talk about the Notre Dame Ohio State angle here in, okay. a, in a little bit. But I want to get to Kingston first. But we're going to first wrap up offense. And it is wild. Notre Dame has an outstanding offensive class right now, especially the skill positions. As we said, offensive line, there's a need left. There's no need per se. Number When we say need, we're talking numbers or positional fit. Yep, there's not a need of the skill position uh, from a numbers or fit standpoint. There is a need, always a need to add more impact players. And that's why Notre Dame is still recruiting Carter Nelson. He's not a need per se. He's a want, but it's a want because you're trying to build an offense that has the athleticism, the big play ability to go out there and be elite and be championship caliber. Kid like this can help you. 
We know that Notre Dame made a big move last week, Ryan. We're now a week plus out of it. I think he went to Penn State this past weekend. He was scheduled to go to Penn State this past weekend. Yep. What's the latest with Carter Nelson and uh, and where Notre Dame stands and and just kind of yeah, just where we are? We'll get to the confidence level at the end, but just kind of where are, where is Notre Dame? You still feel as good as you did a week ago about yep. where Notre Dame stands? Yeah, things haven't really changed for me as far as the the thoughts on Carter Nelson. I I think that for me, and we're talking about the great tight end, obviously, out of Ainsworth, Ainsworth, Nebraska, plays eight-man football out there, which is still pretty funny to me when you think about that. The Notre Dame's recruiting an eight-man football player, but University of Georgia is also recruiting that eight-man football player, and so is Alabama, and so is all these types types of places. I feel like, for me, there was an assumption that Nebraska was the heavy hitter kind of going into these official visits. Like uh, you're going to keep him in state, and that was just going to kind of be the end of it. I, I mentioned after the visits that I, that Nebraska is also actually probably a distant third in this conversation. This is a Notre Dame, Georgia battle because Carter kind of wants to get away from home a little bit. Like that's just kind of where you are. Like this is one of those kids where he doesn't want to stay in the home state. I don't think, I think that he wants to get out. So Notre Dame, Georgia, I thought that it was neck and neck coming out of the Notre Dame visit. You felt, and I still feel kind of relatively the same, Brian. Like this is one of those situations where I think Notre Dame is, is in a good spot. I think Georgia is still in a heavy contention. It's literally about every viewpoint for this one and who makes Carter feel as most at home. That was the best thing I heard about his visit last weekend was that it was just seamless with the other commits on campus. Like it just felt natural. He could see himself fitting at the university of Notre Dame. And it was a beautiful day, which didn't hurt after him being at the Boston college game this past, this past season. So I think that it's a Notre Dame, Ohio, uh, Notre Dame, Georgia battle. Excuse me. I think that one day you can convince me it's Notre Dame. One day you convince me it's Georgia. The one thing that I think Notre Dame has an advantage of is that you only have one tight end that is committed in the class and Jack Larson Georgia already has two tight ends that are committed in the class. And I think that that could go into Notre Dame's favor in the end. Now, some people say, well, didn't Notre Dame just land a big time tight end in 2025? Yes, but Georgia yes. already has one too in Elias Williams. So that I don't think that's going to have an impact on it either. Yep. So, Ryan, what's your confidence level in Mr. Nelson end up picking Notre Dame? Or like I a, should say picking Notre Dame, but but as yep. things stand right now, what is your confidence level that they have it that they're if, if he was to make a decision today, what would your confidence level be that he would pick Notre Dame? That he would pick Notre Dame, I would say, is about a 7 or an 8 right now. I feel I feel good. I would probably lean more towards the 7 just because Georgia is obviously a tough contender and they're a team that you really have to go to the woodshed against and really you know get down to the, the last step there. But I think that you have put yourself in a great position to land Carter Nelson. Like it is a, I think that Notre Dame is – done about as well in this recruitment as they possibly could have. Like, that's just how I feel about it. So I'll stay, I'll stick with the seven at this point. I'm only going six, Ryan. I agree with everything you're saying. I think that uh, the Intel that we're getting on from all of our sources is exactly your read talking, you know, to people that are close to Carter. It's just, they got to prove to me that they can beat Georgia. That's really what it boils down to. So, so that's going to be it for me. That's why I'm at a six. Yeah. But I, but I, I'll say this: I think Notre Dame is certainly, certainly surging. Yes. And you want to be there. Forget the five, six, seven, eight, nine. You want to be trending in the right direction, and they are certainly trending in the right direction for Carter Nelson. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball, Ryan. We're going to talk about first about kids that have visited this spring or this summer, and we'll talk about Justin Scott at the very end. 
But let's talk about Kingston, Ryan. Just we, We've talked a lot about how the visit went. Notre Dame is trending, so we don't need to spend a lot of time there. I want to give your confidence level, and then I want to talk about something else related to King, Kingston and, and Gearby Lambert. So first, Ryan, just you did a great job. Notre Dame's in a great position. You think that they're the leader. You know, as of right now, what's your confidence level in Kingston, Villiam, So if he were to fit today? I feel like I'm all high on a few of these, man, but I think it's eight. I really do. I mean, Ohio State is a team that you can't just kind of shake your head at, right? Like they're a team that has James Laurinaitis obviously on the staff now that built a great relationship with him. They're a school that he has been high on for some time. But I really think coming out of this weekend, and again, this could change after Ohio State. We shall see. But I think that Notre Dame is the team to beat for Kingston Villamalasa. So I will go with an eight because I just think that they have outlasted a little bit. I'm going to go seven simply because of this, and this is I want to transition into this. The only thing that's concerning me at all, at all, about Gearby and Carter Nelson and Kingston, I I think all the intel is great. It all sounds wonderful. I think Notre Dame is headed in the right direction with all three of them. But – I would say that there's still a lot that Notre Dame has to prove to me, Ryan, in beating these schools. That's the big thing. But I also want to talk about the importance of, yes, they have to prove it. That's where some of my pause comes from. But also the importance of what it would mean for Notre Dame if this is sort of the, you know, we'll get Justin Scott later, but of the of the summer kids, there's like four right now that you look at and say, how many of those four kids you get this summer is going to define or go a long way towards defining your class? That's Carter Nelson, Gary Lambert, Bronte Johnson, and obviously Kingston Villiama Asa. With three of those guys, you're battling either Ohio State or Georgia for them. Gearby and, and Kingston is Ohio State and Georgia for Carter Nelson. This is going to be this staff's chance, Ryan, to really show that we're not just that school that clean cleans up and does great getting the guys you don't want. These are these are recruitments that to me go a long way towards saying no, we can beat you for these schools. Now I think Notre Dame has beaten more of these schools and people give them credit for in this class. And it's just some of these kids kind of committed early, or you know, some sometimes a school might say, Hey, well, we we weren't really on that guy. Yes, you were. Yeah, yeah you were. Don't don't lie. But I think that Notre Dame has done a good job of beating those schools in certain instances. But like Sean Sevillano, right? Like Ohio State offered him. They recruited him. But I don't know if he was a guy that if he called up Ohio State the day before he committed to Notre Dame and said, hey, I want to come. I don't know that he's a guy right. that they would have said, okay, sure, we'll take you right now. I, I, I If I'm being honest, I, I can't say that I believe that to be true. Yep. So uh, – that's kind of a thing uh, that, that you look at in this situation. And and so, and now some people saying that somebody actually on in the chat, one of our Ohio state fans just said, no, Notre Dame hasn't had a problem beating Ohio state in the past for offensive linemen. And I would say true when coach he stand was here. Yeah. That's why that one is a big opportunity for Joe Rudolph. It's a huge opportunity for the defensive staff to go out and say, Hey, look, we took two top hundred players that we went toe to toe with Ohio state with, and we won them. I think that's, almost as important as the actual talent that they would be getting in those players. It's never as important as the talent, right? The talent is always the primary, but I think that's important for Notre Dame to be able to do that, Ryan. It's huge. And then of course, if you can beat Georgia for a big time tight end that they want, that says, okay, we're still tight end you. That's the signal that that says, Ryan. So I think those are, that's a big part of these recruitments for those guys. 
Well, I think Ohio State's a really important one, Brian, because I, I remember in the 2023 class, I felt like Michigan, uh, Notre Dame had beaten Michigan for so many different recruits, right? Like just in that cycle. Ohio State is one where, yeah, Notre Dame's had some wins, but there's also been a lot of losses, obviously. Like let's call it what it is. So I think that you a need lot to more be, losses than wins in recent yes, years. Yes. 100%. And I think that for up for me, we always talk about this. In order for Notre Dame to get to the top of college football, you have to become the power in the Midwest at some point, right? Like you can't just meander along, be solid in the Midwest, and then expect to be the best team in college football. Like you need to dominate the Midwest. You need to be able to become what Ohio State has been in recent years for the most part. You know, a team that is contending for playoffs every single year, that is a threat. That last year, if a couple things go differently in that Georgia game, maybe Ohio State's national champions. Like that, that's kind of where you are with that type of conversation, right? So I think that Notre Dame has to unseat Ohio State as the class of the of the Midwest at some point. And it starts on the recruiting trail. Yeah. It obviously ends on the field. But it starts with acquisition of talent. It starts with getting those guys that are going to win on Saturdays. And that's right. so that's huge for me. It's absolutely huge. So, Ryan, when, when you look at it, we talk about gap closing. And we've explained gap closing in two regards. One, one is obviously you're getting talent that makes you better. And then the other one is getting guys that really take a big jump towards closing the gap. And, and there's twofold aspects of that. One is how it impacts you. But the other part is, are you taking away a talent that would have otherwise gone to this school that you're chasing? And the fact of the matter is when you look at the last 10 years, uh, there's a lot of talk about, Oh, you know, Michigan's better than no, no, they're not. They're, they're hot now, but I do not view Michigan as a, a better program in the last five, six years than Notre Dame that they're, but they're trending that direction. And Notre Dame needs to make sure that they don't keep, that they don't fade back and let Michigan chase them. Penn State's not that team yet. But again, they're nipping on Notre Dame's heels, in my opinion. But Notre Dame has to be looking forward. And to your point, Ryan, I think it's a great point. And it's even more true because they're on your schedule now You know, for this season. You can't be the best team in the nation when you're not even in the best team in the North. Right. And a team that borders your state has dominated you on the field, right? Wins in 05 you know, in the Fiesta Bowl, win in 15 in the Fiesta Bowl, and they beat you last year. You know, like I don't buy it though. They haven't beat them since night. They only play like five times since the 1930s. So, like, spare me with that whole, you know. But it, it looking at in recent history, Ohio State has dominated this series. And it's not even like you could say any of those games were, gee, if you could make a play here or play there, you're winning that game. You know, maybe if Zibikowski's fumble doesn't get called back, maybe they've got a shot to win that one, maybe. But that's all the way back in 05. Right. You weren't competitive in 15. And, and you were competitive for a while last year, but when it came to money time, Ohio State's guys made plays and Notre Dame's guys didn't make plays. It's as simple as that. And, and of course, as you said, they've pretty much beaten Notre Dame for a, a much larger chunk of recruits than, than Notre Dame's beaten them for, although Notre Dame has had some wins. And so, to me, closing the gap is about getting these kind of guys and their big-time top 100 guys. And they're big top top 100 guys at positions where this is not a great year nationally, in my opinion. So to me, it's very big. It's very big to win those recruitments. Uh, Same with the Georgia one, in my opinion. So I think those are going to be those are going to be very significant recruitments. I'm all for finding sleeper kids like somebody in the job. I'm not not sold on Cole Moss because the SEC didn't offer him. I don't care. Don't care. I know what the film tells me. Right. And the film tells me this kid's a dude. And those are great recruitments to have. But at some point in time, if you want to be that team, 
You've got to be able to go toe-to-toe with the big boys. And I and I feel the way Notre Dame needs to recruit is not the way Ohio State has recruited or Georgia or Alabama where they're getting top two, three classes. you got to recruit like Clemson. You're getting like five to nine classes, and you're, get, and you're getting those Isaiah Simmons, and you're doing a great job of evaluating those players, the Travis Etienne's and the guys like that. But the one thing Clemson still did, Ryan, is they still got their Deshaun Watsons, their yes. Trevor Lawrence's, their Dexter Lawrence's, their T. Higgins's, their A.J. Terrell's, right? And Notre Dame still has to get those kind of guys as well as the high upside guys that we see, right? Those are very important, and that's what these guys are, and that's what they signify. And those are things that can be momentum builders for you when you talk about, okay, you got something a little special to sell to Justin Scott now. You've got something a little special to sell to the 25 kids that you're battling those schools for. Like, hey, man, we're doing something over here. Come be a part of that. And then if you can somehow get that W on the field, you've got an opportunity, Ryan, here over the next three months to talk about closing the gap, to majorly close the gap on Ohio State on and off the field. And that's what these recruitments are very, 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 very important part of. Let's get back on track, Ryan. Let's stay linebacker for a second and talk about Bradley Shaw. What's the latest with where things stand with Bradley Shaw uh, in in this as Notre Dame looks to close out this class? I think Notre Dame's done a tremendous job with Bradley Shaw because it's been it's this is a weird one, Brian, where it's sense of you know who the top linebacker on the board is. Like there's never been a question that Kingston's the top guy, but they've still managed, in my opinion, to make waves with a guy like a Bradley Shaw. So if if it ends up that they miss on Kingston Villamuasa, I believe that Notre Dame will have a tremendous opportunity to get Bradley Shaw. He's a young man that I was told that. Auburn was a was a big team for him. Alabama actually isn't really in the conversation as far as being the team to beat for a Bradley Shaw. Georgia is a team that actually likes Bradley Shaw a lot. So you're fighting against the Auburns, you're fighting against Georgias, and I think that Notre Dame would have a good chance to win that one because his parents and him are very high academic kids out of Hoover, Alabama. Like they have been out of Notre Dame twice, including an official visit two weekends ago, where I believe that they did again. Did a tremendous job because what ha- happened was Bradley Shaw came t- to campus and it was a little bit of a different vibe of a recruitment. You know, usually all the guys are just together, right? And they're, you know, t- taking in the sites and they're doing all their things. They had Bradley and his parents kind of in their own type of environment that really kind of dig deep and have their meetings one-on-one and do all that type of stuff. So I think that they're hitting good chords with Bradley Shaw after that visit. And I think Notre Dame would have a tremendous job to outbeat a Auburn and a Georgia. It's just about how the linebacker board falls ultimately, if, if that will happen or not. When I look at Bradley Shaw, Ryan, it, it just comes back to this. You have to bet. I can see why Georgia likes him. I, I do. I can see why Alabama doesn't. Alabama is still a trait, a traits-driven team, and, yeah. and that's fine. It's worked for them. Kirby has been a guy more willing to take a chance on a guy that fits film-wise, and Bradley Shaw fits – I mean, he's he's a Nicobe Dean type of guy, undersized. I would even argue coming out of high school, he's a little bit more athletic than Nicobe Dean. Now, I don't know if he's yeah. the player Nicobe Dean was, right, because Nicobe Dean wasn't a great player because of his athleticism or his size. It was because he just – he had it here and he had it here, right? I mean, that's why he was a, a really good player. So I get it. I do get it. And, and again, I love the film. It's just about the body. That's the only question mark. Now, I do believe this based on talking to some different sources, Ryan. I do believe that if if Bradley Shaw wanted to commit like tomorrow, 
that yeah. they would take him and 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 still say, hey, we're Kingston's still our dude. Nothing changes that. What I don't know is if 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 I, and this isn't saying it wouldn't happen. This is an uncertainty on my end. I don't have an answer to this. Is what if Kingston commits tomorrow? Not going right. to happen. Would they then still take Bradley Shaw? That I don't have an answer for. Great question. But That's they do question. like Bradley Shaw a lot, and and I know that a lot of us are going to view Bradley Shaw as a backup option and type of player. I don't think that's how Notre Dame views it, right or wrong. I don't think that's how they view it. I think they really like this kid. I like him and, too. And uh, and his film is great. We've said this all along. His film is great. The question you have is, can his body hold up? Yeah. And does he have the frame? He can run. I'd say he's 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 more athletic than, like I said, than in the Kobe Dean. He can run. He can move. It's just he's a rover body in a middle linebacker game. You know what I mean? And that's six foot, 210 pounds, probably right now. Yeah, I mean, to your point. I'll say this, Brian a lot of skepticism over linebacker recruiting. If you end up getting King Civilian Malasa and you take Bradley Shaw as well, that's a dang good linebacker group, man. (laughs) You know what it is, Ryan? If you, I think there's actually merit to that argument, in my opinion. Yes, the 25 class is loaded. If you get those kids and you take them, it is what it is. But two of your linebackers in the great 22 class are already defensive line. You have Jalen Sneed and, and Nolan Ziegler. There's no guarantee that if Nolan's if if, if uh, Jalen Sneed breaks out the next two years, that he's like even being the team in 2025 when that it's class so shows up. Think. It's so weird to think. You know, I mean, like think about it. He, he and when, when I say on the team, I'm talking about if Jalen. Let's say Jalen comes out this year and has a breakout year and then goes out in 2024 and just rips it up and has a, a you know 90 tackle, 100 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, four or five sacks. When I mean not on the team anymore, I mean NFL, going to the NFL. A good thing. That's a good right? reason to be yeah. uh, not transferring. I'm talking about going to the NFL. And and then, of course, last year's three-man class. So you have five guys for two years. I, I could see a, a, a potential. And we've always talk, also talked about this. It's not a lock that Preston Zinter stays at, at linebacker. What if there's injuries to tight end? He needs to move to a tight end, H-back. I mean, he could move to Viper. I mean, there's a lot of things. If What if there's an injury? I still don't know if I would necessarily say, like, I, I, I don't think they need it numbers-wise. I think they would look at it and say, hey, we have a chance to load up here. It's a position where it would make sense, yeah. and so we can do it. I could see them doing that, right? I could see them kind of convincing themselves that that's a smart play and then just see what you can do in, in 2025. Because when the here's what's crazy. When the 25 class shows up, Nolan Ziegler, Jalen Sneed will be seniors. Crazy. <laughs> right, 22, 23, 24, 20. Yeah, they'll be seniors. So it's a really, it's a really weird deal. It's a really weird, weird, weird deal. I want to respond to some along this lines too, Bradley Shaw, that we get asked a lot is how is Shaw different from Osbury physically and from an athletic standpoint? Uh, I would argue Shaw's a little bit more cut up. They're very similar body type wise. Here's the big difference. Jaden Osbury is a guy that is a is a rangy, athletic, play in space guy. Bradley Shaw is an inside linebacker. He's down. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. He is a downhill inside linebacker. Very explosive so, downhill, but to your very, point. Yes. Very. Yep. And so that's why the body t- – because that's a very fair question. People keep hearing us talk about, is he have the frames, he have the frame. And then we're talking about how yeah. you know, Jaden Osbury is a, a rover will type of guy. This is more of a guy that you see as a Mike type of linebacker. And that's the question mark. That's that's where it kind of comes from. It's, it's not – it's if he was a rover – Will type of guy, and he moved like Jaden Osbury. No problem, no problem yeah. looking at him. But it's more of he has that frame that Jaden has. Very similar frame, Ryan. Yeah. A little bit more definition, but it's just he's just a he's a box guy. 
And that's that's the difference for me when it comes to the two. If anybody wants some fun, though, go put on Bradley Shaw's huddle tape, man, because he is a ferocious hitter, man. <laughs> he lays some wood. Yeah. And, I mean, getting a kid out of Hoover, Alabama wouldn't be the worst thing in the no. world either, right? It's the same yeah. thing like Deuce Knight, right? Like, there's yeah. a lot of merit to trying to get kids out of Louisiana like Jaden Allsbury and trying to get kids out of Alabama because you open up that pipeline a little bit. What if Bradley comes to college – and he in the in the size isn't a limiting factor for him. He's a stud, right? Right. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's like, hey man, like you can come up here and go to the NFL or be a great player too. So they do like him a lot. It's just we're going to see how the the timing is going to be very interesting on how these all play out. So what would you say if he was to decide today, Ryan? What would your confidence level be on on Bradley Shaw? It'd be relatively high. I, I think that it would be a little lower than a couple of the guys just because I think that there's a couple teams that are still in the conversation. For most of them, it's one versus one, right? It's like Notre Dame versus Georgia, this team versus another right. team. For this one, it's a three-way kind of battle. So I would probably say a five or a six. It's still pretty yeah. good considering it's just about, again, like you're fight, fighting against a couple SEC programs, one that is – I mean, they've been Georgia's done a really good job of cranking out NFL players on the linebacker position over the last couple of years. So I would say it's five mm-hmm. or six because I think that Bradley really does like Notre Dame. It's just a three-way battle comparative to a yeah. one-off versus another team. Yeah. What's funny is the perception of Bradley Shaw with Notre Dame fans is very interesting. It's very interesting. A lot of people don't like him, man. Where I'm like, yeah. he has and, the and, rankings, and I, he has the offers. Like <laughs> Ryan, he's a consensus four-star recruit that 247 has ranked number 61 in the country. He's ranked in the top 250 by ESPN on three, two, four, seven sports. He's got a Georgia offer and Alabama offer. People are like, I don't like this guy. You know, and I think part of that might be my fault, to be completely honest, because I, I kind of picked the part the, the, the parts of his game early on that I'm just like, I don't yeah. like this. That's your job as an analyst, on, though. Yeah. But I, and I didn't focus enough on this kid's film is really good. And yep. so that's why I'm trying to do more of that lately, is to say, hey, look. Here's my concerns have not changed. There's no spin that now that Notre Dame might get him. Oh, all of a sudden, I didn't realize he grew four inches. I love him. He's a top 20 guy. You know, look, the, the concerns are still there, but you can't discount the fact that this kid can play football. And if JD Bertrand can come be a three year start year starter and we praise him as a player, then there's no reason Bradley Shaw can't be that guy. Right. It's just he doesn't move the needle the way that Kingston does. But I'm not going to lie to you. If Notre Dame wanted to take him, Ryan, I'd have a hard time saying no because there's there, and this is what we get down to with the way Clemson recruited, and and the way Kirby built his first title team. Yes, there was the five star guys and all that stuff, but there was a lot of guys that several got important guys that they had that weren't that type of player. We talked about Nicobe Dean. Let's be real about this, Ryan. If if Nicobe Dean plays at Kentucky, yeah, and not Georgia, he's not a third round draft pick, in my opinion. He's not. He's just he wasn't that type of athlete. He got drafted higher because he's at, at at Georgia because they would have picked apart all the different parts of it. He's not big enough. He he ran a four seven, you know all these type of things. They he'd have got drafted lower. Being at Georgia helped him, but that this is the this is a similar type of guy in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and, I, I, and J.D. I, Bertrand, guys like that, guys that you and I like. I know Notre, yeah. some Notre Dame fans, they 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 just still have this. They don't like J.D. Bertrand. He could have 120 tackles this year. Notre Dame's going to win a title. And some dude on here is going to say he should have been benched for so-and-so. I mean, that's right. just the reality of it. But the kid can play football. Yes. 
Well, and I, I think that for me too, Brian, like linebackers change it a little bit nowadays too, man. Like, yeah, I've always want length yeah. personally, but you're seeing more and more guys in the mold of Nicobe Dean, right. Devin White, Devin right. Bush. There's a lot more six and there's just shorter there's backers just a, nowadays. And there's a there's a time and place to say, hey, look, I know that he doesn't fit this box of measurables we've looked at, but the fact is the kid can play. Ray, Hol- Ray Holcraft has a, a great – he says, Bradley Shaw is a watch-the-film guy, yes. and, and we need a guy like that. That's what he says, and, and I agree. So I let's agree. get back on track here, Ryan. Let's go to the secondary. Yep. I'll see Bronte Johnson. This has been a very interesting recruitment, Ryan, and it's been on and off again based on certain things. But here's the, here's the thing I love about this kid. They said, if you want to be here, you've got to do this, this, and this. And he did this, this, and this, and some of that. And so now he's in a position where he's going to make his decision on Saturday, Ryan. Uh, Notre Dame has done a great job. We all know that Notre Dame is in a great position. What is your confidence? Where do things stand with Bronte right now? And what's your confidence level? I I think that that's a great note, Brian, is that like, can we give a shout out to Bronte Johnson? I mean, like he worked his butt off, man. Like he did. I mean, shout out to the kid because he was not in a position where this was potentially going to be possible, but he put his head down. And he worked. There's no doubt. So today it's a nine, right? Like that's the confidence level is that it can't go much higher than where I am right now. I mean, you have, he is a, it is a school one that Bronte knows a lot about. He's an Indiana kid. He knows the university of Notre Dame and he wants to be at the university of Notre Dame. And I think that you're in a good position there. Obviously the, I think the only question maybe from Bronte's perspective outside of, you know, just figuring out the academic piece is. Some schools like my wide receiver, some like him at safety. Where would you rather play in college right. football? Like that's a big thing, right? And, and obviously Notre Dame's sole division of the safety. And early on, he was a guy that kind of wanted to play wide receiver. I mean, he's a thousand yard receiver from last year, right? And if he yes. wanted to play receiver, I'd take him at wide receiver. I personally think he's more natural playing defense. And I saw this yeah. at last year's Irish invasion. And I thought he looked he what here's here's a couple things I liked about Bronte, why why I was really sold on him last year is I like kids that compete and there's a receiver that that's at Notre Dame right now. Won't name him, but I remember when he was at Irish invasion and you're looking at him and you're like, this kid just oozes talent. This kid is incredibly yeah. talented, but he just was kind of always in the back of the line. And he was just always kind of, you know, not a guy that was necessarily looking to boy. I want to just jump in there and take another rep and compete. And the thing I liked about Bronte is he last year when he was when he was going through the recruiting process, Ryan, yep. uh, or, or excuse me, the camp process at, at Notre Dame, he would go out there, take a rep at receiver, and then immediately jump in at DB and take a rep at DB. He wanted to compete. And I loved that. But at that camp, what I saw is a kid that has the, the length and the speed and all that, a receiver, catches the ball okay. But when you put him back there at safety, there just was an, an ease of movement that you're just like, okay, this kid is a natural on defense. I mean, he's got a lot to learn. There's film of him as a sophomore. There's a clip where he's standing there at free safety, looking at the sideline. He's got his hands on his hips. I think he's like waiting on the call to be made. And then he quickly sees the ball snapped and he takes off and like tackles a guy two yards downfield. You know what I mean? It's like this kid can move. And he's really skinny, but he will hit you. Yes. He's not afraid to hit. So, but you've just got to, you got to praise a kid like this to say, you want to be here. You need to do this. He had a lot of things stacked up against him, but he said, nope, none of those are going to be excuses for me. I'm going to get the work done. And if, if Notre Dame's able to close on him, it's a, it would be a huge, huge pickup. But 
we can't – and this is not meant at all to be disrespectful to Chris O'Leary at all. But if if Bronte Johnson ends up at Notre Dame, the person primarily responsible for that is Bronte Johnson. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. And so huge props to the kid if that's the direction that this thing goes. And he'll announce Saturday. Uh, we'll have a show around the time, and we'll discuss what it means for Notre Dame when that happens. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't – like, Ryan, I think you nailed it. I don't know that I could have a higher confidence level for a recruit on the board right now than where I say with Bronte Johnson. Malcolm Ziegler, Ryan, you wrapped up his recruitment earlier. We need to dive into where things stand. We know. What's your confidence yeah. level of, right now with where things stand with Malcolm Ziegler? It would probably be a five. I mean, like, it's not bad. It's not low per se. It's just, again, you've put yourself in the, into the top group with for a Malcolm Ziegler after the visit that you had this mm-hmm. past weekend. It's just about making up ground. And you've, you know, you was offered just last month. He's only been on the radar for a couple months. And, and to be able to outlast and well, not outlast, to be able to beat out schools like South Carolina and Clemson and North Carolina and schools that have just been on him for a lot longer, that's a difficult task. It is. So I'll, I'll still say five is I think there's a fighter's chance for Malcolm Ziegler. I just think that you may have gotten in a little bit too late. Like that's just kind of where I feel like with this one. So you'll have to defeat some teams that have just built a much deeper relationship with them. It's possible, but I just don't think that I can look at it and say that I feel like Notre Dame has the upper hand here. You're still playing from the back a little bit, in my opinion. I'm with you on a five. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. That's where I'm at. And then the last one, Ryan, that we're going to talk about of the guys that we think are going to be making summer decisions and summer visitors is Tabron Benny Powell. Where do things stand with him and what's your confidence level? So he obviously is the young man that was at the evaluation camp last week and got the, obviously the staff had been doing their homework on him before he came to campus and he did well enough that they thought that he deserved an offer, obviously. And he's a player that plays obviously at Ben Minnick's high school out there in, in the state of Ohio, a young man that is listed six foot one, 170 pounds. If you pop on his film, he's playing more of an outside linebacker rover role than he is a true safety uh, spot. But the anticipation is that in 2023, he is going to be playing more of on the back end now that Ben is obviously at Notre Dame and Malik Hartford is at Ohio State. So we shall see. He's a wait and see player as far as for me, as far as just how good of a player he is. I have my reservations, obviously, but I think as of right now, Notre Dame is obviously the team that beats. It's the, it's the biggest offer. He's a player. It's a team that has been open and has been honest with him and is pushing for him, obviously now. So it would also be a nine. I can't. I you can't feel much higher than this one because he is. That's a school that is familiar, and I think that's going to be making a strong push. Yeah. Last one, Ryan. Yes. Justin Scott, let's um, wh- where where do things stand? I, I've talked a lot about him the last week while you were out. Yeah, get, let's share your thoughts, and then we'll get into confidence later. Just kind of share your thoughts on where you see this recruitment being right now. It's it's about the same as it was last time I was asked this one, Brian. Is that like I'm at like a four right now, and it's not like an insurmountable four. It's a four that could turn into an eight very quickly, depending on how things go. It's just, we know that Justin Scott was ready to commit to the University of Notre Dame earlier this year. We know it was going to happen. And the further you get away from that, the worse I feel about it. Just kind of where it is, man. I still think he likes Notre Dame. I still think Notre Dame has a chance. I still think that they can make a strong push. I think it's still possible. 
But until he gets back on campus, it's going to stay low to me, right? I'm just – there's no reason that there can't be a summer visit that happens at the University of Notre Dame. There's no reason that we have to wait until the fall for an official visit for a game day. You could do both. There's unlimited official visits now. You could do both. So until he gets back on campus, it's going to stay at a four. Uh, I'm in prove it mode, show me mode, whatever you want to call it. Justin, you got to get back to campus, man. And Notre Dame needs to get him back to campus if there's a true – I just where I am, man. I just can't, I, I just don't feel good about it unless they can get him back to campus. And I just, I don't know if that's going to happen. Here's where I'm at, Ryan. This is what I've said to people. If I was going to, if I was going to get a confidence level that he's going to commit to Notre Dame this summer, it's a three, maybe a two. What I have said is, but I just feel like when we get to December, it's going to be a different story. I just feel like he's going to commit to a Southern school this summer. And I feel like he's going to sign with a Northern school. And I think that Northern school would be Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is going to be the team to be in that situation. And there's a lot of reasons why. Uh, But I'll say this. I think the best thing to happen for Notre Dame, and I said this last week, Ryan, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I think the best thing to happen to Notre Dame this summer was Georgia knocking his socks off last week during the official visit. Okay, That's the one thing that might cause him to not commit this summer. Because I don't think he's in a – I don't think he's at a place where he's definitely going to commit this summer. If he does, I think it's Miami. I'm, I'm actually, if I was, if we were doing a Miami show right now, I'd say my confidence level that they'd commit to Miami if he committed today is like eight. Like, I think they're the clear number one right now. Yeah. I just don't know that. I think Georgia did enough, and I think Notre Dame has done enough to where there's at least a chance he doesn't commit this summer. If he goes into the fall uncommitted, I've I've said this, my confidence level raises even more because then he will make a visit. There's no doubt. Does him not committing this summer change things? I mean, I know he's got a set of vision. I I get all that. We've established that. But does that raise your confidence level at all if he comes out of, if we get out of July and get into August and he's uncommitted at that point in time? Not really, just because. I guess I'm just hesitant if he's actually going to take a visit in the fall, Brian. I mean, like, I, I would love to say that I'm just well, like super. He hasn't set a date, but just so people know, he has told yeah. Notre Dame he's coming, yeah. and you know, and he's and he's told people around him that he's going to do it. I know that a date hasn't been set, and that's all fair. Yeah, uh, but he has said it. At least he, at least he's been adamant that it's going to happen. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if it's not going to be the Ohio State weekend. And and just because he hasn't announced it doesn't mean that that's not the plan as of right now. That's sure. my understanding of, of where things are yeah. going to be. That it's and, that, be. That's, and that's all fair. And I could be completely, completely fine and off base on it. It's just saying, oh, I'm going to take one in the fall eerily feels like to me of like, I just don't want to tell you no yet, but I'm going to tell yeah. you no at some point. And I just can't yeah. shake that feeling. I'll be honest. I felt that way for a long time, Ryan. Yeah. I think now he's not – he's been more honest with Notre Dame about that they're not there for him. And I think that they realize that – from my understanding, he if he commits, there's the expectation is that he still plans on visiting Notre Dame this fall. And he's going to visit other schools this fall too. It's not like he's only going to visit Notre Dame. I think he's going to make multiple fall visits this year. All of this is we'll see what happens and do you trust yes. Justin Scott or not. Uh, up to this point in time, I, I can't say that he's necessarily done anything to make me think that he's a dishonest kid, right? And the only the only hesitation that I would even have about that is more of just what happened last year with other people, not right. so much anything with Justin. That's fair. And so that would that would be kind of my thing. But I, I think right now, if we're going to talk about a, a summer commitment, it, it it's it's it's, it's not going to be Notre Dame. 
It's yeah. not going to be Notre Dame. Now, yeah. uh, could he make a visit in July? It's different. You know, I think there's a, there are periods in July that are shut, but there are also some periods in July, I believe, where he could come if he wanted to. If I'm Notre Dame, I'm trying to get him on campus for one of those periods. I really would. I really would. So, Ryan, that's kind of the hot board where we are right now. We're going to dive into the mailbag next. But, folks, before we get to the mailbag, and we've got about 20 questions in here. If you have some more questions, um, let's uh, let's go and throw them in there, and, and we'll, we'll answer those. But uh, we, we've got some good ones here so far, Ryan. But before we get to the mailbag, folks, do us a favor. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. Sign up for our premium message board. If you're not a message board person, but you've been wanting ways to – uh, support Irish Breakdown, that's a way to do it. Sign up for the message board. And then I'm going to have a, a post coming out later today. I've had some people ask, hey, how are different ways we can support Irish Breakdown? So I'm going to have a post on the message board just kind of showing all the ways that you can support us financially, whether it's you directly giving us financial support or if there are things that you can do that then lead to financial support coming from other people. So we'll give you some of that as well. So make sure you check that out. We're going to have that up at boards.irishbreakdown.com. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.